Today on Best Ball Draft, I can't, man. Let's try that again. Let's. I, I need a full reset. Couldn't even hit the cold open. That's how rusty I am. It's been four days since I've drafted, four days since I did a stream. Couldn't even nail the cold open. I, I need to exit stage left. Try this again. This is going to be great for viewer retention. Welcome to Best Ball Breakfast, where we're going to draft Best Ball Mania teams number 57 and 58 today on my road to 150 stream drafts. Will today be the day where I draft the $3 million winner? Stay tuned to find out. Oh, another influencer 101 for the backward hats, bro. Rig! Zach Ertz with no Tyler Algier bringback? Yikes! You reached a round for correlation? That's a no-no. You ADP bros disgust me. How about you just live a little? Handcuffing might actually be a way to get unique if the field's avoiding it. The Wi-Fi at this resort is a disaster? These fucking streamers don't have player takes. What if a piss boy draft is the room you need? Oh! Good morning, good morning, Best Ball Nation. Hope you guys all had a wonderful Father's Day weekend. I am coming off of uh, a long weekend of eating and drinking and celebrating. Ever since, what, Thursday was my birthday, things got out of control with Gretch on Randomizer and Best Ball After Dark. Got a lot of good feedback on those shows. If you guys haven't checked those out, highly recommend it. The Randomizer, of course, available uh, anywhere you have YouTube and then the after dark where Gretchen and I had some fun conversations and drafted a shockingly good best ball mania team, considering that we were both completely three sheets to the wind. Um, you can get that as a YouTube member. Uh, I legitimately pulled up the team on Friday morning and I sent it over to Gretchen, our group chat. I didn't remember some of the picks. Like I didn't even remember selecting Pierre strong on that team. We drafted on best ball after dark. But then uh, Friday and Saturday celebrated uh, my birthday, my wife's birthday, and then we had uh, Father's Day yesterday. So um, I'm ready to get back into the groove of things. I need to start eating healthier after gorging myself for the past four days, get back in the gym, all of that good stuff. But there's only one way to start off the week around here, one proper way, and that's best ball breakfast. It's drafting a couple of teams here in Piss Boy Avalanche Rooms. That's what we do. That's that's how I know it's the beginning of a new week. Let's check in on the chat. We got Cooter Doodle hanging out in the chat. Wow, feeling blessed. Yes, Cooter Doodle is the ultimate piss boy. Um, Dustin says, long time, Pete. Little behind, but ready for some ball. It is what I've been wondering when when people were going to start kind of, uh, you know, coming on in. You know, we talk about a lot of the sickos being the ones who are drafting in February and March and April and May and even June. Um, so it's nice to see some old friends are finally, like, this is what I want to know. Are you just so sick of seeing best ball streams in your YouTube for you page and your subscriptions? And you're just like, fine, I'll capitulate, Pete. If you're going to draft a million best ball teams, I'll finally come around. Or is it just like, hey, OTAs are going on, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is in the news. Stefan Diggs is in the news. Maybe I'll start drafting some teams. If you, if you are one of these people who are just diving in now, please let me know what compelled you to, uh, to leave far more important things to come draft best ball teams with us. Um, B Kurt said, I didn't get the best ball breakfast shirt. I asked for, for my first father's day. Can my marriage ever recover? I'm very, I'm very sorry to hear that. I know uh, a lot of the best ball breakfast, uh, tanks and shirts have made it out into the wild. I got my coaster going uh, right now. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's um, – got to have a hard conversation with your wife 
I think you need to um, let her know that for things to continue on solid footing, she is going to need to get you some best ball breakfast merch. We got a lot of GMs in the chat. Kev uh, doing the Lord's work smash or even gently tap the like button. Exactly. Yeah. I, I will even take a, a gentle tap. A lot of times I ask people to smash it. Um, beggars can't be choosers in this, this tough creator economy. So I will take a gentle, a gentle tap. Uh, purple Yosh is out here, fell asleep in a draft the other night and auto drafted two quarterbacks. I didn't need, that's a tough scene. That's a tough scene. I'm still, uh, wrapping up some slow drafts right now. A couple of my chows, a couple of my puppies, and every time I wake up, I'm always like, did I get auto-drafted a pick? Or I, 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 have, I have no clue anymore. So um, it's part of the, you know, one of the casualties of being a, a high-volume drafter, of being a slow drafter. You're going to have to sacrifice a few auto-picks along the way. What is up, JGFC? JGFC and I are battling in a Bulldog slow draft right now. JGFC, that team you're drafting is wild, man. Yet you want to see someone who's not afraid to get buried by an avalanche? JGFC has a double elite QB, double elite tight end build, two elite running backs right now in this Bulldog. Um, you are a ballsy man, and I am a little upset that you didn't let Kyle Pitts fall to me at pick 81, though. Um, let's see it. We are going to get it. GM, J. Mike, how are you guys doing? I think we need to pour a little coffee, right? Is that what we need to do? We need to pour a little bit of coffee Josh is gently caressing the like button. Now that is a sensual way to start our day. Let's do it. Uh, oh, Josh went for the soft, uh, the soft tap. I like that. Lots of you guys finding new ways to get acquainted with the like button today. Here we go. April was uh, was up at 5.15 a.m. this morning, so I have already had plenty of coffee uh, today. April was like, I'll be on my best behavior for your birthday for Father's Day weekend, but now this shit is over. It's, uh, it's Monday, June 19th. There's nothing more to celebrate. I'm getting up at 5 a.m. Let's frigging go. That's uh, what I assume was her internal monologue this morning. Uh, so yeah, I'm dragging a little bit, but I think this coffee uh, will get us through the day here. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Thoughts on the elite QBs falling, seeing them go almost in the fourth. Um, I mean, I haven't been drafting for four days. I have not seen that. Um, tell me, uh, it, are you guys all experiencing that as well? Or is that a one-off thing? I mean, I had seen, of course, these guys falling, you know, into the mid third. I don't think I've seen any of them in the fourth though. Um, all right, we are underway here in this draft. We drew the Influencer 1-4. That actually feels a little bit better. You know, it had been um, a lot of stream drafts where I was drafting from the back end of the room. The 110, the 111, 112 feels good to be there. Let's get the banner going. Are we settled in? Are we settled in? Are we ready to knock off the rust here? <sighs> Yes, yes, April is celebrating Juneteenth. I'm talking about her not celebrating me and Lauren anymore by sleeping in. <sighs> Don't get me canceled here. Mm. Ooh, vaporware treadmilling on this best ball breakfast. I went out on a couple of runs this weekend, um, and I don't know... 
man, I can't like I did the cardio club draft uh on ship chasing the other night. Uh we're gonna grab cup here. I don't I don't trust this goddamn room farther than I can throw it. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, well, so I've you know, I've had a few different um cardio club experiences lately, right? Um drafting on stream on my treadmill desk. That's fine. That's fine. I don't mind that. But then Wednesday night, I wasn't specifically drafting, but Mike Leone and I went out and ran a 5K. A lot of you were tilted by my audio quality. And uh, I, I would like to say I had a pretty nice Blair Witch Project uh, performance. But the point I was trying to make is those of you guys who are out running on the street and drafting, it's truly impressive. It's truly impressive. I was listening to um, Leone on Establish the Edge, did an underdog cardio club uh, episode uh, with our guy, Neil Farley, who was on the show last week and Drew, I'm blanking on his last name right now. And those guys are out here doing multiple drafts while running. Um, and it's not the like cardio element of it. It's the like bobbing of the screen. Yeah, I mean, you guys saw me on ship chasing, just trying to keep my screen straight while I'm I'm running at that speed. And those guys, um, Drew especially, is an ultra runner running incredibly fast. So yeah, uh, shout out to, to everyone who found ways to compete, uh, complete the Underdog Cardio Club, whether that is out just walking your dog at a, at a brisk pace or out here running, you know, ultra marathons like Drew. I do recommend that episode. Um, but I think, I think my days of cardio and streaming uh, at the same time, I think I'm retired from that for this year, except for maybe one event, maybe one live event, uh, should have some, uh, announcements about that, uh, shortly, but I've done enough cardio. I did one on the swole cast. I did one on, uh, the club. And then we did the ship chasing one. I think that's enough for me this year. I think that's enough for me. I love the underdog cardio club. I just don't like layering in the element of streaming while doing it. Lots of comments about how I turned into a really cranky. Um, I believe some people use the word sassy, sassy individual when I'm running. I do, I do get immediately cranky the second I start running and have to be on camera. So, you know, we all learn lots of, you know, revealing things about ourselves um, in tough circumstances. And I learned that I turn into uh, quite a snippy asshole when I am doing cardio. Hmm. Here's the dirty secret, CLN. When do we start a GoFundMe for Pete to get an iPhone? I actually do have an iPhone. My guy Clay sent it to me a while, and I've never used it. I actually have a couple iPhones. I have one iPhone that's just a burner for texting Patrick Laird. My God, look at this room. <laughs> look at this room. This is sick. Um, sure, sure, I'll take. You know what? Should I get? I have to get my first Barkley share, right? I, I prefer. I prefer Jonathan Taylor to Barkley. Um, but I do not have any, I do not have any Cooper cup in Barkley. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but they do play each other in week 17. This seems like as good a time as any bit to get a share of Barkley, whatever there. You happy? You happy? Hmm. Hmm. Nobody nice doing cardio. I don't know. I listened to Neil and, and Drew talk. They seem like nice guys. James was the one who was calling me sassy. 
Chipsy says, I just drafted a player who isn't going to play the whole season. Man. Uh, Team Android. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate that. Joey out here in the chat uh, trying to push us to 100 likes. See, this is what happens when I go four days without drafting. You guys are telling me I could have gotten Barkley in the third? I'm such a fish. I'm such a fish. All right. There it is. I, I said I was going to have to knock off the rust this morning. Hmm. Let's see here. We're we just going to get buried by an avalanche today to start because Lord knows I'm not taking one of these wide receivers. The question is, do we go one of these quarterbacks? Okay, Lamar Jackson going? Um, all right, let's just get fucking weird. Patrick Mahomes, man, this is what, these are the kind of rooms, these are the kind of teams I get in these stupid rooms. Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Barkley at running back, Cooper Cup at wide receiver. We'll figure out the rest on the fly. I have been wanting to do some more elite quarterback, but like the backdoor stacks, not with the Eagles because um, there aren't really any backdoor stacks available, but with Mahomes and with Josh Allen, um, there are so many cheap ways to play it through that offense. And it is a bit of a way to dance around the avalanche, so to speak, where in basically this room where I know I'm going to be catching up at wide receiver, who is the team you'd like to be catching up at wide receiver with? Probably the Chiefs right? Because you got Tony, you got Rashi Rice, you got Sky Moore, you got MVS, you got Justin Watson, you got Justin Ross, you got Richie James. I mean, there's literally a million of these guys that you can backdoor stack with Mahomes. So I do like the idea of Patrick Mahomes specifically in these piss boy rooms. One, I'm getting a value on the quarterback. Um, I'm, if I'm taking a detour away, I at least want it to be where I'm getting a leg up, a uh, leg up. Uh, head to legendaryupside.com where I'm getting a leg up on the room at another position while also giving myself multiple backdoor stacks. The other team I love doing this with is the Giants. Uh, I made one of those best ball tip videos about this too, how Daniel Jones unlocks so many late wide receiver options. And that'll actually be viable on this team as well with Barkley. So um, trying to set myself up for some teams that actually play well to piss boy rooms. You know, if you're going to be needing to draft wide receivers in rounds 10 through 18, the Giants and the Chiefs are two good ones to be uh, targeting there. We do finally see um, some running backs come off the board. Derrick Henry at 33, Josh Jacobs 34. Linus Scrimmage does that fun double tap there. The week 17, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy. Hmm. Star Kindler out here getting buried with me. Sky Moore getting a lot of early buzz in camp. Shh. Shh. Demond Reed, how do I get the notifications when you're about to enter the draft? Um, I can't tell which YouTube level you're at, but if you're in the best ball value hounds, there is an alert set up in there. If you go into the Discord, you sync your account, you unlock the best ball breakfast channel. Um Let's see. Are we just going to draft all the uh, the gross old players here? Fine, sure. Um, 
I'm just going to take all the guys that the market is no longer drafting because of holdout concerns. DeAndre Hopkins going to the Patriots. Um, sorry, Reed. Uh, you go in, and if you go to the pin here, let me just let me just show you real quick. Let me just show you. know what? I'm just going to show you. I feel like this is honestly just easier. Here you go. This is in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. This is the best ball breakfast once you get synced in here. If you go to the pinned messages, you jump up here to this pin. And if you react to this message with a coffee cup, whenever I tag BB draft alerts, you will now get uh, you will get alerts when I hop into these drafts. So it looks like that. There you go. And look at CLN, just clout chasing on stream here. High stream. You're famous. You're famous. Um, all right. Let me get this draft board back up here. Ooh, that's what I need, James. I needed a, a, a last minute decision where DeAndre Hopkins decides to play for like a million dollars a year. I'm not even going to look at what's available at other positions. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put Godwin in the queue. I'm just going to grab all the old gross guys here. Let me see. Literally cannot justify any other non-wide receiver detour. We're going to draft this team like it's goddamn 2019. Look at this 2019 team right here. Leone would shed a tear. Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin. Looks like I just dusted off a 2019 Madden game and found all the guys at the top. Sags, how do I feel about my pace for drafting BBM4? I think I'm at a good pace. I legitimately have not crunched the numbers, but I am doing about 10 drafts uh, a week. I know this because every time I go to update the number for when I do best ball breakfast, it's almost always 10 drafts than the week previous. So I'm averaging about 10 a week right now. We will hit what? So we're at 57 now. So in about two weeks, we'll probably be past the halfway point. Um, and then I'll have all of July and all of August. So I think I'm like on perfect pace, assuming best ball mania finishes or locks up by the end of August, I will continue to monitor fill rate and I will be able to throttle up or down my streams as needed. But I feel like I'm on a good pace. Um, haven't burned out yet, not burning through them too quickly. Um, I think we're doing good. I think we are doing good. Ashton, with how worried you are about getting Avalanche, are you underweight on McCaffrey, Eckler, and Bijan? Well, we can see right here, compliments of the brick draft caddy, Christian McCaffrey, 6%, so slightly underweight. And I do imagine that is a product of Avalanche drafts. I'm guessing if I weren't streaming my drafts, I'd probably be even with the field on McCaffrey because for the most part, I am drafting the first round off of ADP, generally, just taking the best available player. But these piss boy rooms sometimes have me taking a guy like Cup over CMC. Um, and I do feel good about that decision relative to this room, right? Because then I got my running back in the second. Um, otherwise, I was going to be staring at a hyper-fragile build. Let's see what I'm at on Bijan. 9.3%. So overweight, slightly Bijan. So I think we're fine there. And Eckler, 7.4%. So I, I feel completely fine where I'm at with those uh, those top running backs right now. Mm. shit it, it this is 2023 and not 2019 why why does underdog keep these players from 2019 in the player pool 
Why, why don't they, I don't even know why they do that. I guess they have lots of random players in the, in the player pool. Like they have Tim Tebow in here still, you know, I could draft Tom Brady for this team. If I'd like, do we still have Mitch Trubisky in here? I could draft Mitch Trubisky. Who's, who's another 2019 player I could draft. Has anyone, uh, Jay Puppy, Jay Puppy is staring down the barrel of this avalanche room. He starts Bijan Robinson. He does get two wide receivers of Monra Amari, but then just starts ripping it in at running back again. Jameer Gibbs, J.K. Dobbins, Joe Mixon. Vaporware has one anchor running back, Derek Henry. Uh, M. Jerky has no running backs yet. Do Your Research has two. Okay, some of you guys starting to take running backs. This isn't full-on crazy piss right here um am i just gonna keep man um i do think i want to play this through we already have a bet on godwin my bet on godwin is also a bet on the box man i have so much godwin and evans i really don't like tony i'd prefer to play this through the cheaper chiefs wide receivers all right let's just do evans if we're going to draft like it's 2019, might as well take Mike Evans, right? Here we go. Here's some suggestions. Ben Roethlisberger, Jarvis Landry, Gronk, Julio, Adrian Peterson. Ooh, Devin Funches. Isn't it funny, the Panthers? The Panthers have such a long history of taking these big-bodied, Wide receivers slash tight ends, quasi tight ends that have pretty suspect profiles. You had your Devin Funches, you have your Kelvin Benjamin, and now we have Jonathan Mingo. Another entry into the Panthers early wide receiver slash tight end cannon. Why not Jordan Addison? Because I like Mike Evans more than Jordan Addison. The Jordan Addison prices, I have a hard time getting on Addison. I think Quentin Johnson uh, price adjusted is a better pick. And then when you get Jordan Addison as close to JSN, who I think is a much better pick. Um, and I even think with that, I'm still at least even with the field on. Yeah, 7.4%. Um, I'll, I'll be drafting Addison about along with the field, but he is not a guy that I am going to uh, to be reaching for in drafts. Um, Quentin Johnston goes, uh, that would have been a fun selection for me there. Let's see. I do think I now prefer Elijah Moore to Brandon Cooks. Been trying to boost up my Elijah Moore there. All right. So we're trying to recover in this room. We got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Barkley at running back, and then our five running backs, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Elijah Moore at wide receiver. This is one nice thing. You know, we've talked about it a lot with the wide receiver rooms of, um, you know, in a normal room, you can maybe capture like a Brandon Cooks or Elijah Moore at pick 88, 89. Bateman was going there before. Now he's sliding a little bit because of the cortisone or whatever. Um, but to Quentin Johnson, Elijah Moore here, it's basically like that wide receiver cliff in my draft rooms basically shifts up a full round, at least a half around there. So I got kind of fortunate that I was picking at this spot, at the four spot, because if even if I'm just like a pick or two later, I mean, you see the next picks that come off the board. They're all not wide receivers because this room is acknowledging 
that tier gap here. You got Goddard, Pacheco, Damian Pierce, Darren Waller, Cam Akers, Rashad White, and Sean Watson all go off the board here. Jimmy, what is the numbers you consider to be the markers of overweight, underweight? So it's it's just 8.3%. Uh, so if you always drafted off of ADP and you had an infinite sample, you would likely have all of your exposures um, around 8.3%, which is just one of 12 um, in each room. So anytime you are lower than that, you're probably making a conscious decision not to be taking that guy at ADP. And if you're over that, it means you're probably um, reaching um, to get that guy. So if you're massively overweight, if you're at like 17%, like I am on Mike Evans, I'm basically saying the market is wrong on this one. Um, I am going to continue selecting this player um, or vice versa. The market is wrong. I am massively underweight. The market continues to take him much higher than I'm willing to take him. Let's see, what are we going to do here? I God, if I end up taking James Conner here, I might just have to for the bit. I might just have to take all the olds for the bit. Sure, sure. I'm just going to draft the team no one wants to draft today. I need some more coffee. Addison is a is, has a better prospect profile than Quentin Johnston. I agree, but the upside scenarios for Quentin Johnston are just so much higher. I mean, Jordan Addison is completely capped uh, in that offense from a target share perspective, unless Justin Jefferson gets hurt, which of course we could do that thing. But Quentin Johnston could legitimately um, be leading that team in targets by by the end of the year. Um, let's see here. How do you get that overlay that shows ownership percentage in week 17? This is the Brick Draft Caddy. I have the link down below, brick75.com, and you can get the Sports HUD. Uh, and then you can basically select whatever kind of information. I have week 16 in red, week 17 in blue, and then my BBM4 exposures here in red as well. I'm going to see what I'm going to do here at pick 100. Um, all right. Do I have any correlation with Evan Ingram? We could build out our bet with Najoku. Uh, this does feel like a tight end pick for me here. Um, I think I'm just going to break my tie in favor of some correlation here, making a bet on the Browns. Um, although I do have, you know what, let's just respect the market on this one. Let's take, I have very little Evan Ingram. He basically never slides in these rooms. Um, also gives me some Carolina pieces I like late if I want to correlate. I don't know. I like Najoku. I had Elijah Moore. Maybe I should have just hunkered down on my 11% Najoku, but we'll take we'll take the one time Ingram falls. Mm. Let's see. Do you double down on players you were high on that rise in ADP or do you start to fade to even out exposures? I guess it depends on the circumstance. You know, we, we haven't seen like a riser yet this year that 
you know, the example I always think of is the year, you know, Darrell Henderson went from a 13th round pick to a late fourth round pick when Cam Akers went down. And then I'm pretty much done packing my bags. But like an example would be, um, you know, so I have uh, Marvin Mims is my most drafted player right now, right? Um, Marvin Mims at, I have 26%, nearly 26%. His ADP is 164. A lot of my Marvin Mims exposure has come about 20 picks cheaper, but I'm not out on him at this price. If he does move up into more though, you know, 130, 140 range, I probably will just fully chill out. I guess Taekwon Thornton's a better example of that. He's a guy I was drafting a ton at, you know, pick 180 when he was free in these drafts. He's now starting to really move up also in these kind of draft rooms. So I will, he's not like, I'm not scratching him off my list, um, but I definitely am pumping the brakes a little bit. Um, but the thing I still always come back to, I really don't think about player exposures in a single vacuum. It's it's using it as a tiebreaker in conjunction with building the best possible team in that room. And that was what I was wrestling with, with that Evan Ingram and David Njoku pick. Like, I, it was so close for me because I, I view those guys similarly, Evan Ingram versus David Njoku. The boost for Njoku was I had Elijah Moore. I'm making a bet on the Browns. I prefer to leave it, lean into those correlations, even when I don't have the quarterback. On the other hand, I have way more Njoku exposure than I do Ingram. And so if I view those guys similarly, um, and yet I have 10% more Njoku, that seemed like a spot where structurally I could go for a tight end. And I didn't necessarily feel the correlation boost was enough to continue pushing that Njoku exposure 10 plus percent more, more than Ingram there. Let's see what we are going to have in store for us here. Oh no. Ingram, big outlook for 2019. What year was Evan Ingram drafted into the league? Um, all right, I am at the clock at 117. Let's set it up. We said we were going to need a lot of wide receiver options late in this room. Let's go ahead and grab Daniel Jones and be done at quarterback. So uh, Patrick Mahomes and Daniel Jones, um, only two running backs here in this range, which I think will work out. Um, our next selection will probably be a running back if I guess where the value pocket falls. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, but Mahomes and Daniel Jones at quarterback, Barkley and Connor at running back, uh, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Elijah Moore at wide receiver, and Evan Ingram at tight end here. Mm. Wow, Holly calling the shot. Plus, you already have two Browns with Hopkins and Elijah Moore. I legitimately was not on Twitter at all over the weekend. Were there any more rumors or reporting about where Hopkins was going to go? When I last logged off, it was um, the Patriots were basically trying to hold him hostage at Foxborough. But have there been any actual reporting or any other, I don't know, betting market movements that would indicate where he is going to go? All right, let's see here. Uh, this is going to be a running back pick, as I imagined. Let's see, Herbert, who I have a ton of, Eli Mitchell. Um, I don't have anything with Atlanta. I don't have anything with Washington. Let's get a little bit more Eli Mitchell here. This goes, again, back to like the exposure stuff, right? 
Khalil Herbert, Eli Mitchell in a similar tier. I have way more Herbert than I do Mitchell. Going to use that little uh, exposure bump to uh, break the tie in favor of Eli Mitchell there. So the team now through 11 rounds, a 2-3-5-1 build. Um, considering I felt pretty gross at a couple times, I think structurally um, this has worked out pretty well. Obviously, I'm going to be boxed out of any quarterback fallers because I'm just not going to devote any more quarterback capital um, with Patrick Mahomes and Daniel Jones. But otherwise, in good shape. Anchor RB with Barkley and then a couple uh, little values there at running back with James Conner and Eli Mitchell. And then my my dusty old wide receiver room, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Elijah Moore, tight end Evan Ingram. So decent flexibility here outside of quarterback to make the best selections down the home stretch here. All right, Tommy Stocks wants me to look at the team from the one hole. Let's see here. Jefferson, Metcalf, Ramondre, DJ Moore, Justin Fields, uh, Jordan Addison, Kyle Pitts, Javante Williams, Zach Charbonnet, Kirk Cousins, Darnell Mooney. This looks like a team that I draft when I'm drafting by myself. When you're in the quiet of your own home, there's no piss boys around, and you just get to take the best players. Uh, I like this team, Connor. It's a nice team. I do not like Metcalf at 24. But I'm never going to begrudge anyone from trying to get out of a, of a wide receiver avalanche. Got some nice stacks there. Um, I like Javante. I like Sharps. You get Kirk Cousins double stack there with Jefferson and Addison. Mooney to round out your Bears double stack. It's what we call a clean team. The bring back on Kyle Pitts. It's clean. It's clean. Don't make me select Jarek McKinnon on this team. I, I honestly am not going to take Jarek McKinnon on this team. Why did I not even get a crack at Sky or Marvin Mims? I wasn't even paying attention. Where'd those guys go? I guess I could have taken Rashi Rice over Eli Mitchell. Um, and Sky Moore was already off the board at 111. So, eh. Eh. Um, luckily, still plenty of Chiefs wide receivers available. This does just feel like an MBS team, right? Just I just get stuck with MBS. Oh, thank you, Star Kidler, for taking McKinnon so I could take a running back I like more. We're finally going to get some goddamn youth on this team. And look at this. It's nice when the correlations work out. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, bring it back with Kendra Miller as my running back four. Man, how much Miller did it say I have? a lot yeah 18.5 percent so this will push us over 19 percent but structurally fits this team fourth running back here and also get that sweet sweet tampa bay correlation in week 17. oh wow i know who was it was it clay so who was i drafting with recently that took noah gray as their last pick I think it was Clay. I really hope you guys are right because <laughs> I, I have been scooping up this, this DeAndre Hopkins discount. I was not on him at like the three, four turn. I remember some drafts I did with Pat. Um, he was a little more open to him. And so I got a little bit of exposure there, but I've been getting my DeAndre Hopkins exposure now. Hmm. 
I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not taking Adam Thielen on this team. There does come a point where you've drafted too many olds and then you do have to save face. You do need to have some self-respect here. It might be time to grab one more running back and then just rip it with pass catchers down the stretch. I don't in general like that idea of boxing myself out at two positions to grab values. And I, I could still go six running backs in this build, um, but I am going to take Tank Bigsby. You know, I kind of made that bet on the Jags with Ingram. Um, Tank falls here, six picks past ADP. Let's grab Tank. Again, trying to get some youth into this room. I mean, the mentorship for these rookies is going to be off the charts. I mean, Kendra Miller and Tank Bigsby, they're not breaking curfew. They're not getting out of line. I mean, when you have all of these elder statesmen in the league keeping you in line, you're in good shape. Soccer Dave would pick Thielen, would he? I feel like Soccer Dave, it's, it, I, it, it's, it's a testament to Soccer Dave's erratic dra drafting style that I really don't, or is your joke, he would have timed out and taken Thielen. Okay, now I get it. Now I get it. Um, I was going to say that Soccer Dave drafts so erratically that I legitimately don't know what he's going to do on the clock. But he did promise us in a couple of months on DraftKings, he would be an elite drafter. So I'm excited to watch that transformation unfold. Mr. Mister, I have some Noah Gray when I feel good about my running backs wide receiver. Kelsey getting older doesn't feel like a bad final pick. Noah Gray feels like a pick you do if you're Dan Zach and you're doing five tight end builds. That's like, hey, if I'm doing five, if I've drafted five of these fuckers, Noah Gray starts to look real good. Real good. Star Kindler's over 50% Taekwon. Now that's spicy. That is spicy. I just, uh, I think it's impossible the way I draft for me to get over like 30%. It feels like I click Marvin Mims in every single draft and I'm still only at 25%. I disagree with this. People have lost their minds with Tyquan Thornton. His ADP is 180. His ADP is 180, or sorry, 160, 160. I correct myself. 160. Who are, who are the players that are such better picks after him? Th this is the, the problem with it. It's like, this is just a wasteland down here. Um, I mean, all of these guys, you can tell yourself a story, but I don't think until he's his ADP is in the 130s, 140s, I don't think you can say people have lost their minds. Unless you're talking about an individual exposure, 50%. Okay, maybe Starkindler lost his mind. But the ADP, I think, is still uh, completely fine. Ply says, I got to draft Baker Mayfield to complete the bit. I did draft Baker Mayfield on the Swolecast last week because I did um, – what did I have? I had a Jalen Hurts team with who else? I, someone remind me who I had him with. But both of my quarterbacks had the same bye week, and I had Godwins and Evans. Godwin and Evans. So I, I took a third QB with Jalen Hurts uh, with Baker Mayfield. Um, and now I believe I need Baker Mayfield to still be the starting quarterback in week 10 for that to make any, any logic possible. CLN has 36% Higby on DraftKings. What is Higby's ADP on DraftKings? Warren is 31% across both sites. All right. What do we got going here? Uh, I lose MVS. 
Um, this feels like a Jalen Hyatt pick, right? I am. I do really like uh, Wandell Robinson, but um, if we're going to try to get some youth in here and we draft Daniel Jones, I think taking Jalen Hyatt makes sense here. So we're at a two five six one build. Patrick Mahomes, Daniel Jones. We got Mahomes uh, still unstacked. We're going to have to work on that. Uh, Daniel Jones, we have paired with Barkley in the rookie Jalen Hyatt. Um, the rest of our running backs, James Conner, Eli Mitchell, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby. Our wide receivers, Cooper Cup on that week 17 bring back. Hopkins, Godwin, Evans, Elijah Moore, Jalen Hyatt, Evan Ingram. Really just looking at wide receivers and tight ends now. Look, let's see. The tight end stuff here. Taysom Hill could make sense on this team. Um, looking at any other correlation. I don't have to force a tight end selection here. Could definitely play it late with multiple other ones. Let's see. Jerome Ford slipping past uh, ADP. I like Jerome Ford. Um, his ADP had skyrocketed, and I don't know exactly why it's sliding in this specific room, but I'm not going to take a sixth wide receiver here, or a sixth running back. Let's go ahead and grab Isaiah Hodgins. Um, don't have a lot of him working on our big backdoor uh Daniel Jones stack here. So we have three more picks. Um, one of those picks is definitely going to be a tight end. And then probably two more wide receivers. I think this feels like a two, five, nine, two build. Um, I'm not opposed to a three tight end build here, but I do think we want the wide receiver firepower and we're going we're gonna to have some stacking options uh, still here late, I think is what we're going to be looking at. RSP says Hodgins for the Giants seems like the best wide receiver in that range. Only guy in that team with a skill set and size. You you can you can make good arguments for. I think you can make I think you can make an argument, and this is why all their ADPs are so low, right? I can make an argument for Wondell Robinson. I can make an argument for Isaiah Hodgins. I can make an argument for Jalen Hyatt. I can make an argument for Darius Slate. Um, I think that's what makes it um, such a fun room to target. And why I don't mind doing two, three of them on Daniel Jones teams. The amount of draft capital you're spending on that is so minuscule. Like if you want to use, I, I do like Karain's little uh, heuristic of thinking about in, in auction dollars where you're spending a dollar or two on Hyatt. You're spending a dollar on Hodgins. You're spending a dollar on Slayton. Um, I don't even think you have to guess which one. You just want to make sure you have the one or the two, right? <laughs> like it, you, you have a pretty wide net, I think, that you can cast. Hyatt ran with the third team in OTAs. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I never read into this stuff. It's like, of course, you know, the rookie who just joined the team is not going to be running ahead of veterans like Hodgins and Slayton who have been in the league forever um 
being on Thornton and Hopkins, possibly in New England, does that boost up Mac Jones for you? Like just in my overall exposures or like if I draft both of those guys together, I'm at 3.7% Mac Jones. Um, I basically, I think the way I've been playing the Patriots, if I get boxed out at quarterback and I have a Thornton or whatever, I'm definitely tacking on or willing to tack on Mac Jones. But I think for the most part, I'm just willing to play them through um, the skill position players that aren't the quarterback. You know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine having a Gesicki and Thornton stack without Mac Jones. With all due respect, sir, your team has more question marks than my high school English papers. Exactly. That's why that's uh, that's why I'm getting discounts on these players. I know I keep everyone really hyping up Paris Campbell here. I need to figure out where my tight end selection is going to come from. My second tight end selection. Hmm. Do we do, maybe it's, maybe it is Tyler Conklin here because we have Tyler Conklin with our Browns bring back here. Just make sure I'm not, if there's any other screaming correlation stuff I should consider here. I think that's probably the play for a two tight end build. Let's go Tyler Conklin. Evan Ingram and Tyler Conklin at tight end. Had to get another old. How old is Tyler Conklin? I feel like he has to be decently old. 27? 27 and I guess by this room standards, he's young. I sniped your Conklin. I mean, as people around here know, where's my guy, Paul? Is Paul in the chat? Paul knows all about sniping Conklin. It's kind of a pay it forward situation. We all snipe each other on Tyler Conklin. Holy shit. CLN has uh, over 25% Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones. I am I am uh, a little spooked by their their playoff schedule. Um, it's It's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal. Um, three outdoor cold weather games, uh, home versus KC at Denver, then at Buffalo. That is, that's legitimately tough sledding there for Mac Jones. All right. Justin Ross, come on down. I've been told uh, Justin Ross is the guy I need. That's what everyone tells me. That's what all the cool kids tell me. Justin Ross as my wide receiver eight here. We're through 17 rounds. We have the classic Patrick Mahomes skinny stack. That's how you win with Patrick Mahomes, right? You just skinny stack him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Daniel Jones at quarterback, running backs, Barkley, James Conner, Eli Mitchell, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby. Wide receivers, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Elijah Moore, Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins, Justin Ross at wide receiver, tight ends, Evan Ingram, and Tyler Conklin. Shout out to the audio listeners who I will always, always service. I will never forget to service the audio listeners. I, I like these kind of uh, hypotheticals. Benjamin says, hey, what is up, bro? If you knew 100% that Hertz was the QB1, would you pick him with your second pick in every draft? No. No. But if I knew that for a fact, I would probably have 
I don't know, 30 to 40% of him around the two, three turn. Basically, I would say every time I'm picking in the middle third of the draft board, I am going to be prioritizing him. I still doubt that I would get up over 25 to 30% on him in that, in that range. Because again, this is the whole point. Like he's being drafted as essentially he's the QB one, right? Like that's the assumption that the market is working under. So obviously that certainty would push you toward more of him because with any of these players, there's never a hundred percent certainty, but it still comes down to roster construction. Where are you getting those points? Is it easier to find those quarterback points at the end of the draft? Or is it easier to find those wide receiver and running back points? And again, not to mention the way these tournaments work. If you knew he was going to finish as the QB one, that means that he would have the highest likely, likely the highest advance rate of any quarterback. So you're going to show up into your week 15 pod battling one of 16 teams and everyone's going to have Jalen Hurts. And then if he goes off again, you're going to show up in the week 16 and you're going to need to finish one out of 16 and everyone's going to have Jalen Hurts. So it's one of those things that goes back to advancement rate to taking down the playoffs. And I wouldn't want to have 80 or 90% exposure to a player who the field is all going to show up with in the playoffs. And then you're having to beat all these other teams with your one non-Jalen Hurts piece. So that's why I don't think it's always just a slam dunk to, to jam it in, even if you knew a guy was going to finish you know, first at their position. Um, someone in the chat said, Richie James is better than Justin Ross. Why not both? Why not both? This is the reason why the super cheap backdoor uh, stacks for KC, I think, work. Is again, like when you look at the the warts or you want to talk about holes in profile and we can pick them on Sky Moore, dude busted in year one. Yes, lots of buzz. Rashi Rice, not a strong prospect. We know nothing about how his game's going to translate. Um, MBS, we know exactly who MBS is. It is kind of fun to be able to select Justin Ross and Richie James at the end of drafts. I mean, Justin Ross uh, was a pr pretty sick college prospect, and Richie James was a baller on the Giants down the stretch last year. So I kind of – I mentioned it at the top that I wanted to start mixing in some of these late, you know, Bills backdoor stacks with Khalil Shakur, with um, Deontay Hardy, and same thing for the Chiefs there. And it is nice to know that you have these guys available at the back end of your draft. So this ended up being the final team here, a two, five, nine, two build. We do have Patrick Mahomes double stacked um, with our last two picks, Justin Ross and Richie James. We have Daniel Jones here, triple stacked with Barkley, Jalen Hyatt and Isaiah Hodgins. Um, our running back room, pretty standard anchor running back room, Barkley. Then you have Connor Mitchell, two rookies, Kendra Miller and Tank Bigsby. And then uh, despite doing a ton of uh, three tight end builds lately, we did settle on a two tight end room here, Evan Ingram and Tyler Conklin. And this was very specific relative to the player selections where normally the best player for me at the end of these drafts is going to be a third tight end, just looking at it. But considering I had Patrick Mahomes, considering two of his wide receiver options are available for free at the end of these drafts, this made sense to take the tight end to detour a little bit earlier here at pick 189 and then use these last two picks on uh richie james and justin ross so uh i kind of like how this team came out i know it doesn't have all of our favorite player selections but looking at the correlation too i do like how this correlation um let's head over and name this and then we can uh 
we can look at uh, my other week 17 correlation. I, I think I was able to accomplish a lot of it. I guess I didn't get uh, Cincinnati bring back. Um, that never came to me cleanly. So we do have no bring back for week 17 there, but we do have the giants with Cooper cup coming back. We have, um, the big Godwin Evans with Kendra Miller. Then we have some team level correlation tank Bigsby and, uh, Evan Ingram. Oh yeah. We have Conklin on the bring back with the Browns. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Hopkins, but fairly correlated team. I guess our only one-off picks would be no Philly with Connor, no Washington with Eli Mitchell. Um, and then we'll see what happens with Hopkins, but everything else pretty correlated here, at least in some fashion. So not, not angry with how this team turned out, um, despite it feeling pretty gross off the rip. Best ball breakfast, two, five, nine, two. Um, and we have a KCNYG team here. There it is, number 57 in the books here. I need to pour some more coffee. I need to check in on the chat. What do we got going on here? We're going to be feeding the ducks in a second. Hmm. Wow. Even after slandering his guy Jordan Addison, Chipsy coming around on this team, G says this team fucks. Look at this. Two of my favorites in the deposit kingdom liking this team. Now we're feeling better. Now we're feeling better. By the way, speaking of best ball after darks, Chris G did a draft with him a couple weeks ago. Chris G, longtime member of the deposit kingdom, did a best ball after dark with him. A man who wasn't afraid to stare down the barrel of a wide receiver avalanche. Shout out to G. It is time to feed the ducks. Yeah, let's 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 get this started. One one thing at a time, right? I also want to, uh, again, remind you guys about uh, our partnership with the Best Ball Data Bowl and with Fantasy Data Pros. You know, the past couple of weeks, I've had a couple of guests come on and talk, Neil Farley talking last week and uh, starting to see some submissions trickle in for the Best Ball Data Bowl. Also knowing a few of you guys have been signing up for the Fantasy Data Pros course, you can, of course, get 25% off with that course with Promo code Pete. This will teach you how to uh, use coding scripts like Python specifically for fantasy football. Their courses are tailored directly to fantasy football. They also have it for fantasy baseball, some other sports, but I know most of you guys are interested in the football space. And if you're interested in getting in there, slicing and dicing up this data, testing out your own hypotheses and uh, seeing what you come up with, highly recommend the course. And then you can parlay that into a submission for the Best Ball Data Bowl which we are hosting along with our friends at Fantasy Data Pros. And uh, I want to get together a another best ball data roundtable here shortly. Uh, really enjoyed doing that uh, about a month or so ago with Ben from Fantasy Data Pros. Uh, Sam Hoppin hopped on. And uh, yeah, we had a great time kind of talking about best ball analytics, which continue to be all the rage in the Twitter streets. Joshua, who was on that best ball data ball, he had what I would call a controversial uh, thread that he posted on Twitter today saying why stacking doesn't matter. And uh, I uh, naturally disagree with his conclusions there, but that's the beauty of all of this stuff. And I actually would like to get Josh on um, one of these shows here. We'll have to do another round table where we can talk about it, but go check out his thread. I think some of the conclusions he made um, were a little faulty, but I love um, the thread he put together and that he's digging in to the data over there. 
Um, let's see here, Sam, am I doing another draft? Of course, of course I'm doing another draft. I just like, I got to kind of take a break, you know, for a second here. I got to reset the, the table. I got to update my banner. I need to do some coffee again. Here we go. It's going to be draft 58. There we go. Draft 58 right there. I need to, I need some more coffee too. Let's pour some coffee. Ooh, we got to keep a little in the holster. Just got to keep a little bit in the holster for later. All right. <laughs> His mathology in the data bowl. I would love to see our guy mathology uh, submit a team looking at um, correlations between... Um, I believe his his submission would probably be centered around you know how many um, bikini shots a significant other of an NFL player has on Instagram, and the correlation between that and their on field performance. Clay, can I get a birthday shout out? Of course you can. Happy birthday, Clay. June nineteenth. We're almost birthday brothers, man. Four days apart. J. Mike doesn't want us to rush the nourishment of the ducks. Let it breathe. Yeah, I mean it's a fine line because if I if I let it breathe too much, then I forget. <laughs> then I forget to to feed the ducks, and then the chat starts yelling at me. Um, looks like we are back to our you know drafting from the back end of the round, pick eleven and fourteen. So we had one beautiful draft, not picking at the back, and now we're back. Mm. Always feels good to give Casey 10 to 10 poor. <laughs> Neil, this is the interlude is an imperative part of the BBB experience. Yeah, I believe next week uh, Lou Dog is going to hop on. Lou's been taking the course at uh, Fantasy Data Pros. He's going to hop on, talk a little bit about his experience. Maybe he's got some charts for us to share. Yeah, and we'll do, a, I want to do another. Um, Best ball round table. Uh, I'll sync up with you, Neil. Tim is pounding the table for likes. This show doesn't have enough likes in comparison to the number of people watching. What are we at? 375 people watching? I don't. I can't see how many likes I have um, on my view. But yes, do what Tim says and like the video. I should also say uh, I need to do my my regular reminder here for the channel giveaway. We are now less than. 1100 subs away from our goal 15k subs that was the goal all along hit 15,000 subs by the end of hot best ball summer at which point i will do a 1500 giveaway 500 to three lucky commenters who leave a comment on my draft streams the second they are finished and i will i'll take a look at that in one second here after i make my selection at 111 Garrett Wilson uh, now routinely going ahead of Devontae Adams. Hmm. I think we're gonna keep we're gonna keep loading up on Devontae here. This is this is one of the kind of stream room type things. Um, oh, snap, double tap there, Eckler and Robinson. Um, 
Yeah, let's go ahead and grab Amon Ra and Devontae. Was it last week? Who did I take? Was it Devontae and CeeDee Lamb? And that was the draft that Josh Jacobs and Brees Hall came back to me at the 3-4 turn. So um, this is one of those things where <laughs> I, I would say in a normal room, I'm probably taking one running back and one wide receiver there. I'm going to take one of Eckler or Bijan. Um, but knowing how often some of these stud running backs will fall to the back end of the third or the fourth in my stream rooms i am taking that into account with these selections so um i think eckler and Bijan are both really solid picks there um but yolo bet um we'll see how how they recover there depending on how this room goes what was i gonna say oh yeah i was landing the plane on my giveaway so we're less than 1100 subs away from hitting 15k if we stay on the pace we're right now for amassing subs, it should be, I would hope by by like August 1st at the latest. I do think in about a month and a half, six weeks, we could hit that if we stay on this pace, more people starting to consume best ball content as we progress throughout the summer. So if for some reason you're watching this, not subscribe, please subscribe and leave a comment when the show is over. That will get you an entry into the giveaway and longtime viewers know the way this giveaway works is every time you leave a comment on one of my draft streams, that's one entry. So you can amass a lot of entries by leaving individual comments on each draft stream. You might be saying, how the hell am I gonna find all of your drafts? Well, you're in luck because I meticulously curate a playlist on my homepage of the YouTube. It says Pete's 150 stream drafts. Anytime I draft on those uh, or draft on a stream, I put that video in that playlist. Some people go back through, watch them all, leave comments, binge watching drafts, different strokes for different folks. But I made it easy for you to get all of your comment submissions in there. And then the little hack for YouTube members, because I do draft on Best Ball after dark, those are only available for YouTube members. So that's one way to boost your chances in the giveaway. If you're a YouTube member, you're gonna have access to extra entries via the Best Ball After Dark comment section and all kinds of other stuff you guys get with the uh, Best Ball Value Hounds YouTube membership. You get tipped off to the drafts. You get the private channel and the Deposit Kingdom Discord. You get merch discounts. If you want a Value Hound tank, if you want a Best Ball Breakfast tank, and then of course you get the Best Ball After Dark interview series. I believe I'm going to be talking with my Fantasy Life uh, brethren, Dwayne McFarland, on on a Best Ball After Dark this week. So excited for that one. Have been really enjoying that format, getting to... There's so many people that I know in the space, or I, I work with Dwayne regularly, or I'm in the Discord with Chris G or a guy like John Warner, and yet I actually don't know that much about their backstory um, just because of, I guess, how life and conversations work. We just talk about fantasy football and uh, have been really enjoying that series to get to learn more about the guests. And then, of course, we do draft a best ball team as well. Um, but yeah, I've been working on my guest list for that the rest of the summer too. So some fun shows coming there on the Best Ball After Dark interview series. We're worried about Nez surviving this avalanche. Travis, Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes here. Someone got an AJ. Oh, they they did the... Uh, that happens in my rooms at a high clip. The, the AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts. You will not get that in, in most rooms. That is one of the selling points of hopping in a, in a streamer draft is these rooms will give you those clean stacks. Dab K almost got the Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Ooh, Derrick Henry went 22 in this one or 23 in this one. Wow. 
we might actually do we might actually do a true zero rb room we're gonna get debo samuel here all right we select debo samuel Devonte adams amon ross st brown debo samuel we might do it folks we might just become a full-on piss boy here in one of these rooms Nez doesn't know what an avalanche is. Mm. Let's see. Looking at which wide receiver I want to take here. There's one guy I really want. We'll see what Yellow Bet does here. I really want Jerry Judy. All right, let's do Jerry Judy. All right, Devonte Adams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy here. This room hasn't been um, too wide receiver avalanche. Honestly, if I'm going to get C uh, Debo and, and Judy at at ADP, I do like um, I like ETN. I like Gibbs, um, but I prefer to take those guys when they're the best pick available or you're getting a bit of a slider um if i'm able like my still preferred structural draft strategy is zero rb like if i'm able to draft at adp and you can look like i'll show you guys this bulldog i'm working on right now this is the one i was referencing earlier with jgfc um i am at the here we go i've been drafting from the nine hole here so I started CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, Debo Samuel. I did take a detour for Lamar Jackson, who fell to pick 40, and then took another detour for Kenneth Walker, who I like here. So like modified anchor RB with the fifth, and then came right back to wide receiver. Deontay Johnson, Zay Flowers stacked with Lamar, and then Elijah Moore. And then hitting my zero RB targets, Antonio Gibson and Samaje Pirine. Um, this Bulldog draft is closer to how I would just ideally draft um but these rooms that i'm in and this is obviously a 500 slow draft my stream rooms don't generally allow me to build like this so i have been enjoying in some of these uh mid to high stakes slow drafts to kind of execute um my preferred way to build but i'm not going to be stubborn with it right like <laughs> i'm not going to be forcing it if those selections don't make the most sense for the room i'm in which is how i end up in lots of Weird rooms, different textured builds than would necessarily be my preference. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, Brian referencing the new uh, Best Ball Hub at Fantasy Life. Entirely free Best Ball Hub where you can download the CSV from Underdog and review your exposures, your game stacks, your teammate combos. Doesn't look like my exposure on the hub lines up with my exposure on Underdog. Am I doing something wrong? Are you selecting specific contests? Um, couple things to think about is if your draft is not done yet, that's not going to reflect that. Um, if you're on Underdog, the default exposure is going to show you across your entire portfolio. On Fantasy Life, you have to select which contest or you can select by contest. So if you're drilling down to that, so your exposures might be different across your whole portfolio versus just in Best Ball Mania. But if you're still having issues, um, ping me or uh, hop in the Fantasy Life Discord and ping you uh, or ping um, 
our any of our moderators in there and we'll we'll get you squared away. Would I ever go um Christian Watson over Debo? He went one pick before you. I prefer Debo to Christian Watson. I really think the only way I would is if like all of a sudden I had, you know, 25% Debo and 5% Christian Watson. I'd be like, well, I prefer Debo to Christian Watson, but not by that much. But no, I would prefer to be getting my Christian Watson shares in the fourth. Did someone just say uh, Jahan Dotson went already? Where did Dotson go? Oh, you might be looking at the old, the other, uh, the other draft board. Who is your favorite first RB on a zero RB team? That's a fun one. Hang on. Let me let me keep pissing here. Let me keep pissing. I think I will probably take... Probably going to take either Kenneth Walker or George Kittle. Come back. We'll see what YOLO does here. Um, My first... My favorite first RB on a zero RB team. So different price points. Um, I do love Kenneth Walker because I do think... I do think he's still a guy that's like a third, like a three, four turn value. Like, I think he should be going around where ETN goes. Like, if you're going to, I know Charbonnet has a more complete profile than Tank Bigsby probably, but the fact that people are sliding Walker down so much because of Charbonnet, but not sliding ETN down as much because of Tank, and I know there was different draft capital spent, but uh, I do like Kenneth Walker. Samaj P. Ryan in like a true punt zero RB build is very fun just because I think he's a selection that allows you to kind of accomplish both things and that he's going to be a fast start running back, get you touches out of the gate. And then even if Javante Williams makes his way back, and I like Javante Williams, I just think Samaj P. Ryan is going to have a role. So he'd be another one of my favorites there. Let me look at the board here. So that would be one for like the 10th round and one for the fifth round. And then if you split it here in the seventh, um, I do like this like Akers, Swift, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is a guy I like, but just, man, I'm constantly getting buried by wide receiver here and just almost always having to select a wide receiver. But I like these three as well for your first running back in a zero RB build. Dab, are you Zay over Bateman or just for Bulldog with easier advancement? So when I took that pick, it was right when the news about Bateman had come out. Um, and it was looking uh, a little bit more dire at, at the time. And because their ADPs are so close now, I'm just going to use that like slight information tiebreaker to not take on any additional Bateman injury risk. And also knowing that I believe the market will continue to slide Bateman down if we continue to get FUD about his his injury. And like when you read the report about the cortisone injection, it's not that there's anything bad right now. It's just it seems so susceptible to re-injury and re-aggravation with Bateman. So yeah, I'm, I'm legitimately spooked. I like Bateman a lot, but if we're going to have both players around the same ADP, I think you've got to start tilting your exposure towards Zay Flowers right now. One, because it's the safer pick, and two, because you're going to get cheaper Bateman. And that, that's hard for me to say because I fucking love Bateman. Um, let me see what my exposure was on him. Um, yeah, 9.3%, slightly over there. But uh, I think his ADP is going to slide a little bit. And um, yeah, I just want to be be more price conscious with him than I maybe had been up to this point. 
Najee went at 55 in the overflow. Nice. James says, Swift is my favorite on a zero RB team. Yeah, Swift is fun too, for sure. Look at you. Okay, maybe the quarterbacks are falling. Who was it? Someone at the top of the show said some of these QBs are starting to fall to the fourth. Josh Allen at 312. I'm with Ross. I have no idea why why George Kittle is falling. Um, the uh, the whole thing about, and I think I think Pat said this on um, ADP Chasing, uh, which by the way is happening here in about 45 minutes on uh, on the Ship Chasing channel. For those of you guys not familiar, Pat Corain, uh, Davis Maddox, Sam Sherman, and I believe guest Dricko, who you guys will remember from Stat Chasing and from Rotoviz, he's going to be on today. They cover the ADP landscape on Underdog. But anyways, I believe on last week's episode, Pat was talking about this dynamic too, where as we get a little bit more and more confirmation that Purdy's going to be ready, that Purdy's going to be the guy. I mean, these Niners players should be creeping up George Kittle specifically. I mean, Brock Purdy is the nuts for George Kittle. Like that's who you want. I think at first, if there was uncertainty, like Trey Lance would be most likely bad for George Kittle, especially compared to Brock Purdy. So I understand why the market was kind of middling that uncertainty. But as we start to get more and more certainty on it, I don't know why George Kittle's price isn't moving up. Um, I really don't know why. I saw a tweet that Kittle had a very low target share once CMC came over and everyone was healthy. The thing is, is that a boosted target share for George Kittle is honestly a plus. Or, or sorry, it's just a bonus is what I'm trying to say. The whole thesis behind Kittle is what happened on Pat's $2 million team last year, where he has a couple really big weeks in the playoff weeks. Like George Kittle is fully capable of hitting those spike weeks that separate you at the tight end position. He can pay off a sixth round cost just from a few well-timed spike weeks. If he actually boosts his target share and has more consistency, well, then he should be a second round pick. You know, if he's earning targets like TJ Hawkins did down, did down the stretch, he should be a 2-3 turn pick like he was two years ago. Easy says, Josh Allen cheaper than last year seems dumb. Yeah, I agree. I've had to manually dot QBs a lot and they still grade out ahead of ADP for me. Yeah, like I said, I mean, like the team I just drafted. Um, all right, we were just talking about, sorry, I'm all over the place here. Um, yeah, let's grab DeAndre Swift here as our first, uh, running back. Um, yeah, I, it, man, Josh Allen. And if you think too, and I, I wonder if Chad, she, um, from the badge bros looking at the combinations, like what percentage of Josh Allen and, um, here we go. We're just going to keep doing our, uh, sorry guys. I'm trying to make a pick and try to land some thoughts here. Um, what percentage of Josh Allen teams also have Stefan Diggs? What percentage of Patrick Mahomes teams also have Travis Kelsey? My guess is that the amount of teams that are just truly backdoor stacking with those guys is very low. And someone was talking about Maybe it was on ADP chasing, talking about why Dalton Kincaid's ADP has stayed where it has when there's just a bunch of us touts going on me like this ADP is crazy. It doesn't make any sense other than Liam drafting him in every draft. But I do think one of the reasons is, is because the Josh Allen drafter 
even in same with same with like Kadarius Tony. I think that's actually a good parallel across Chiefs and Bills. Is if you miss out on Kelsey or Diggs with that premium quarterback, you start to get an itchy trigger finger. And the second there lines up a potential stack for you, one of the first possible stacks, you pull the trigger on it. And I do think that's what's keeping a Kadarius Tony and a Dalton Kincaid where they are, even though they have very suspect profiles and the range of outcomes or the likelihood of them smashing their ADP is probably relatively low. But I do think it's just an element of the stacker starts to get twitchy. And so my thought too, with the Allen really late stacks or the Mahomes really late stacks is that is probably going to be relatively unique because you have so many chances along the way to double stack a guy like Mahomes that I think drafters just get trigger fingers before that probably reach slightly and the amount of Mahomes teams that just have two really late guys or the amount of Allen teams that just have Deontay Hardy or Khalil Shakur and Dawson Knox, I think are probably really low. And it's now maybe one of my favorite ways to play that because you're basically offsetting the risk of like Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, getting it super cheap. Same with the Mahomes stuff. You're offsetting the risk of like, damn, I need to be really right with Kadarius Tony at that price, you don't have to be incredibly right with Justin Ross and Richie James. You just have to have one of them hit and you're fine at that cost. I don't I don't get this thought. What if Brock is a seventh round sophomore? We we can throw out the prospect profile for Brock. It does not matter where he's drafted. We have seen big dick Brock, big cock Brock crush in a Shanahan offense right off the rip, go deep into the playoffs and be very good. We don't have to worry about his resume anymore. It's like saying like, or why are we taking Tom Brady three years ago? You know, he's a seventh round pick. It's like, no, no, no. Like what he does on the field is far more important than what his draft capital suggests. <laughs> I like edging your stacks. Hmm. Okay, John answering my question. Yeah, thir almost 38%, and again, small sample size stuff, whatever, but I think we can glean a lot from it. Almost 38% of stacks have Josh Allen digs. Can someone tell me, John, can you pull up for me then what like Allen with one of digs Gabe Davis or Kincaid is? I bet that's getting close to like 80 or 90%. All right, we're about to pick on the clock at 107. I've not been looking at the board here. Should probably start to figure out what I am going to do. Man, I have a lot of sharps. Um, but this does seem like a very nice team to take Charbonnet. Need a second running back. Um Already have a little bit of a bet on Seattle here with JSN. Let's grab Sharbs. YOLO bet snap takes Najoku and Lazard. I think we are going to try to see here for quarterback stuff. I have some options to push it at quarterback. Um, did Gino already go off the board? Where did Gino go? Man, Gino went early. Oof. Pick 99, Dark Sheep. 
get your guy. Um, I'm going to grab Fryermuth and be done at tight end. I'm pretty sure I do not have a single pairing of this. I'm going to have to go. Actually, I do want to go check the uh, the Fantasy Life Hub to see if I have. Uh, let me see if I, I'm, I'm now curious if I have a Kittle and. All right, so let's look in Best Ball Mania. So this is the, um, the Fantasy Life Hub. All you need is just a free account to log in. Then you can search George Kittle. And let me just see my individual exposures on those guys. Um, but let's see. Kittle and Fryermuth. I'm curious if I've drafted these guys on a team yet. No, this is my first, this is my first team here where I've uh drafted them, have not drafted these guys together. So that's fun. That's fun. Um, in these builds, I just have been generally not doing two elite uh quarterbacks or uh tight ends. But those are two of my favorite selections. So getting them on the same team together seems fun. Also gives me another out to a quarterback because I do not have a quarterback yet. Geno Smith gone. Um, so Jared Goff still around for Amon Ra. Purdy available with Debo and Kittle. Russell Wilson available with Judy. And then Kenny Pickett opens up with uh, Friar Moose. So now have some options to a late three quarterback build here that I think will work out fairly well. Does the, no, the, uh, the Fantasy Life Hub is just for underdog. Hang on, I got to catch up with John was giving me some stuff. J.A. Diggs Davis, 11%. J.A. Diggs Kincaid, 8%. I guess I was trying to ask, can you show me like the combined percentage that someone has Josh Allen with at least one of Diggs, Kincaid, or Davis? Basically saying, how many times does a Josh Allen drafter pass over those top three pass-catching options in the stack? Wow. Tank just shaming my Charbonnet exposure. Currently at 44%. Woo! Ashton's at 35% Shahid. Circling back to Kittle agrees undervalued, but ETR way below ADP on him. Think they have Pitts ahead of him. I, I think, um, you know, Pitts and Kittle are similar bets. Kittle has a much better offense and a better quarterback going for him. I think Pitts still has the chance to probably earn a higher target share than Kittle, just necessarily based on how many options the Niners offense has there at their disposal. But to me, both Pitts and Kittle are, are spike week chasing plays at the tight end position. The, the calling him an elite tight end is just a price thing. Um, and his price, so like um, Mason Parkhill over at Rotoviz, who's done a lot of research looking on where the tight end spike weeks come, when he was doing the definition of elite tight end, it was in the first five rounds. And Kittle was going in the first five rounds. Now he slipped into the sixth. So again, the reason you're saying elite is not because it's a price thing. It's like when we were doing the uh, the dead zone back thing. It's not, uh, it's a price thing is how you're making that definition. Let's see. Wow. 
Wispy having to snipe me on Jared Goff. Why? Can I can I tilt a second? Jared Goff, unstacked Jared Goff. Ooh, that might be one of the grossest unstacked picks you can make. Um, let's keep building out this Niners bet with Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell, back-to-back -back drafts with Eli Mitchell. The Eli Mitchell draft. Oh, yeah, Chipsy, yeah, for sure. I guess I consider I should, I need to be careful with my language. Uh, two tight end build. Um, I don't, I rarely do those two uh, together. But yes, Fryermuth is not an elite tight end. But I will say the reason I like Fryermuth is because he feels like one of, if you take the tight ends going after Waller, who I think could realistically finish top five at the position, Fryermuth is one of just like a few guys that I actually could see doing that. Um, let's go ahead and grab Russ stacked with Jerry Judy. I don't want to get too boxed out at quarterback. And this will be a, a three quarterback build most likely anyways. So for the audio listeners through 12 here, uh, Russell Wilson, DeAndre Swift, Zach Charbonnet, Eli Mitchell, um, for our running backs, our wide receivers, Devonte Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy, JSN, Zay Flowers, tight end, George Kittle, and Pat Fryermuth. Um, I like this team. No more tight ends for me though. We can, uh, we can tab off of that. Um, all right, let's see here. What's the one player that you feel you're currently too low on exposure? Why it makes you nervous about it? I made a video about this. I I've been trying to boost my Waller exposure. Um, I'm only at 3.7%. Um, it kind of dovetails to the conversation we were just having about Kittle and Pitts. I think Waller is of that same mold. I like the Giants offense. I want more exposure to these mid-round tight ends with elite single game upside. And that's definitely Darren Waller. And the fact that he's the cheapest of the pits, of the Goddard, of the Kittle um, range, and that I'm only at 3.7% doesn't feel good to me just the way I like to draft. I know why it's happening. His ADP is 81.9. When you go and look at all of the wide receivers, this is right at the end of that tier. Quentin Johnston's often going there. Both of the Ravens wide receivers who we just talked about are going there. Brandon Cooks, you know, all of these guys, Gabe Davis often goes in that range. And so because I've been so cognizant of getting buried at wide receiver, I haven't been clicking him. In the same way, I haven't been clicking a lot of Damian Pierce in that range, even though I like Pierce. So it's been more of a structural thing, but I do want to boost up my, my Darren Waller exposure. And, you know, the best ball tip video I made the Giants are really the way that you can unlock like elite onesie upside at like bargain bin prices because you could spend your first seven picks getting two anchor running backs and five really solid wide receivers and still come back and get Darren Waller and then a round and a half later get Daniel Jones and have elite upside at the onesies there. So the Giants are a fun team and uh, I got my, uh, my first Barkley share last draft but I did get that Daniel Jones backdoor stack. Um, Waller, I think, evaded me in that draft. But yeah, Waller is the guy who's been on my mind lately to get more of. Mm. I have not seen a, a, a Bellinger OTA photo. Is he going like full quadzilla? Is that what's happening?
someone someone dm me uh this bellinger photo i need to see yes i agree waller is the mendoza line for elite tight end and his price, you know, we talk a lot about the quarterback prices dropping. I mean, Waller was a faller in ADP range. Wasn't he Wasn't he like mid to late 70s for a lot of the opening part of BBM? And now he's kind of slid back down. What's his ADP now? 81. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's at least slid about a half around to where he opened up at. Waller the faller. This is what we're calling Bellinger, Armzilla. All right. All right, let's figure out what we are going to do here at pick 155. This will be the back end of the 13th round for me, my team so far through. 12, Russell Wilson at quarterback stack with Judy. Our running backs, DeAndre Swift, Zach Charbonnet, Eli Mitchell. Our wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown. Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy, JSN, Zay Flowers. Tight end, good to go there. George Kittle, Pat Fryermuth. This is where I also need to start looking at Yolo Bet's team a little bit more to see what he's going to be doing on the turn. Was going to take Roshan. Um, is there anything quarterback-wise? I think I'm pushing quarterback a little bit more. This feels like a running back pick to me. I don't have any correlation at running back that I think I really need to do here. So let's do... Yeah, let's just do Algier. I think this is going to be two running back selections for me. This is still a zero RB build. First running back at pick 83. The room's now DeAndre Swift, Zach Charbonnet, Eli Mitchell, Tyler Algier. Debating between Devin Singletary and Jerome Ford. Um, do I have any correlation tiebreakers? No Jets. No Tennessee. I have the exact same percentage of both of these guys. Um, man, for some reason, I just like Ford a little bit better, even though he's screaming up, man, that's a tough one for me. Normally I just play the ADP game, but I just, IK beat it. I just decided I wanted fucking Jerome Ford. Someone, did someone send me this? Uh, oh, okay. Thank you, Nick. We got pretty shout out producer Nick today. Um, let me pull this up. Although this is a, okay. Here we go. Here, here it is. This, this, this is, this is the reason why Darren Waller's ADP is falling. Because <laughs> of this photo of Bellinger. I'm not even saying he's not yoked to the nines. I mean, he definitely is. Uh, but this feels like pretty standard tight end bro physique. Like this isn't quadzilla level where you're like, holy shit, that is like 99.9th percentile quads on this entire planet. This just looks like a dude who plays tight end in the NFL. But trust me, I mean, I'm, I'm down to get thirsty over these guys too. Most are correlated with flowers. So here's the thing. Um, one, I have so much Miami running back. Two, um, those guys are still falling a ton in drafts. I mean, Jeff Wilson is going like pick 190 and stuff there. So I was just going to play the ADP game with these backs. I mean, look, at I'm at 24% Mostert. Jesus. Um, and then Jeff Wilson, I'm at 15%. 
Um, so that's an example of I'll let that correlation come to me um, if I need, but don't need to force that there. Talk about the swole cast. Copper says uh, Jalen Warren and Ford going up another two rounds. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, Warren's ADP has been a rocket ship. It feels like Jerome Ford's has stalled out a little bit. Where did Warren go in this draft? Why can't I find him? Okay, yeah, he went at 137. Jerome Ford going 21 picks later at 158. They do strike me as very similar bets. I guess the difference is, is the market dislikes Najee Harris far, far more than they dislike Nick Chubb. So I guess like that spread in that way makes sense. Maybe we're saying, hey, there's a chance that Warren wrestles away more of a standalone role. Whereas we know with Jerome Ford, he's not taking away any of that rushing work from Chubb. But I think you could argue Jerome Ford uh, is going to have a pretty big standalone role with his pass catching just because they've never used Chubb that way. I like both of them. But yeah, if you're just looking at the cost now, I haven't been selecting Warren quite as much as I was when he was much cheaper. I'm still slightly overweight here. But I think if I looked at my drafts, I was selecting him a lot more at the beginning of draft season than I am now. I still like him, though. Certainly makes sense with the Seattle stuff, too, when I'm getting those playing that Seattle-Pittsburgh game. Quarterbacks falling in this room. I mean, really nice value there for Nez on Jordan Love. No stack there, but you don't need that stack when you're getting um, that kind of value on on Jordan Love and my guess is Nez will tack on a uh, a Musgrave to that build. We are not going to screw around here at quarterback. Uh, Yolo bet has Deontay Johnson, so I don't think there's any chance Kenny Pickett comes back. I definitely want to get to a three quarterback build here. Um, yeah. So we grab Kenny Pickett here to stack up with Pat Fryermuth. We also have the JSN and Charbonnet bring back there. Uh-oh, what did Davis say about Najee? Is Davis in on Najee? All right, and I think we just, we don't screw around here and we take Brock Purdy. Uh, we take Brock Purdy and we're done at quarterback. I mean, I'm not messing around with this. We got Debo Samuel. We got George Kittle. We bring Brock on down and then we are done at quarterback. Fun three quarterback build. So we got Russell Wilson um, stacked up with Judy. No Chargers bring back yet. We got Kenny Pickett stacked up with Fryermuth with the JSN Sharps bring back. And then we got Brock Purdy triple stacked in a way. Uh, although I don't know how many cat passes Eli Mitchell's going to catch with um, Eli Mitchell, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. No Washington bringbacks yet. I I don't know. Davis's takes are all over the place. Davis like positions himself as a zero RB bro, and every single time I look at one of his teams on Twitter, he has a sixth RB when he does not need a sixth RB. This guy sneakily loves running back. So if Davis was all of a sudden in on Najee, I wouldn't even be that surprised. The chat likes this team. How are we doing? So we have... 
We're done at quarterback. We're done at tight end. We're at a three, five, six, two. This is definitely, I'm definitely taking at least one more running back. We're getting to six running backs. And then I guess the decision here, let's see what the chat thinks. Do you get to seven running backs in this build or do you get to seven wide receivers? I think structurally and just draft capital spent, you could justify either. Maybe someone could tell me how my bucket is looking in the uh, the John Boy sheet or the uh, easy sheet. But I guess the the argument for going with wide receiver is I could get further correlation. Um, I could do my guy like Tim Patrick, although having 15% Tim Patrick seems just like way too much Tim Patrick. Um, or doing like a like a Josh Palmer bring back with my Denver stuff. So that would be the argument for going a seventh wide receiver. The argument for going a seventh running back is just that I have a zero running back room where it's not super strong. Although I think once I get to a sixth running back here, Swift, Sharps, Eli Mitchell, Algier, Ford, I think I'm comfortable with a sixth running back room here. It honestly is uh, a disgusting amount of Tim Patrick. Can I transfer my sub to my other YouTube account? I feel like it should have my name out there on my player takes. Um, I would have to look into the YouTube. I mean, you can always cancel your sub and then pick it up on the other account. Is, but then what? You lose your uh, you lose your badge history. I'll have to look into that. I don't I don't know if it's possible to transfer YouTube sub. Yeah, this is how I'm kind of leaning easy as well. I think I'm already not going to like my sixth running back that much. I'm not take. I don't. I don't need any more Giants. Certainly don't need Jawan Jennings. I could take Chase Claypool. A little, little Oppo to Tyler Algier. I do like Claypool a lot. He kind of falls into that bucket too with the field stuff in playing that offense stacking more expensively. I kind of like Claypool. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take Claypool here. I just can't. I, don't, I just can't stomach more than 15% tip, Patrick. That's just way too much. That's way too much. Um, it is kind of a nice hedge on my... How, how do I have so much goddamn Broncos wide receiver? I mean, look at this. 26% Mims, 15%. Um, all right, final pick here. Look at how bad these running backs are. I am starting to grab some more Pierre Strong now. Um... With James Robinson released, is there anything else I could do? Like a fucking Josh Kelly bring back? That seems gross. Gus is gone. I would have taken Gus. Um, I guess I could have taken Gus first and then figured out wide receiver. I think I am going to boost my Pierre Strong. I think I had like over ten percent of Pierre Strong in the big board, and then chilled out um, because I wasn't sure if he was even going to be the running back too. But. James Robinson getting released is nice. And that's not even saying a third back's not going to be involved. Ty Montgomery's going to be involved. But I think that the handcuff league winner to Ramondre Stevenson getting hurt is Pierre Strong now. Um, all right, teams in the books, three, six, seven, two. 
Fournette is a smash. I guess we have wildly different definitions of what a smash is. Um, I, I understand the, uh, the Fournette arguments. You are going to get some closing line value on him. But um, if I am thinking, who do I rather have in week 17? Pierre Strong with no Ramondre Stevenson or Leonard Fournette catching like four balls on the Chiefs. And that's like best case scenario. Um, give me Pierre Strong. All right, the final team here, 3672, uh Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy, a late uh quarterback room, but did get a, a fun zero RB room. We are jacked up to the gills at wide receiver and tight end. Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy, JSN, Zay Flowers, Chase Claypool. Love those wide receivers. Oh, and my screen just refreshed. Let's get back to the team. And uh, tight ends, George Kittle and Pat Fryermuth. Uh, feel very good about that. Uh, and then our running backs here, DeAndre Swift, Zach Charbonnet, Eli Mitchell, Tyler Algier, Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong. This feels like uh, a good zero RB room. I think, you know, in general, when I'm doing the true zero RB, it feels the best when you get an elite quarterback and an elite tight end. Um, but ended up getting seven wide receivers, or sorry, Six wide receivers through 86 picks. That feels good. And being uh, very nicely positioned at tight end. I think the running back room came together. I mean, even, even just getting the this like half round ADP value on Swift, half round ADP value on Charbonnet, Mitchell, um, Algier, a few picks past ADP. I definitely like the texture of, your, of my zero RB room when I get a few of those guys at value. And that kind of fell to me nicely. Um, of course, it would have been fun to get uh, Russell Wilson double stacked. I could have done it with Patrick. I probably should have, but I just couldn't stomach it. Um, yeah, I like how this team turned out. I've been wanting to get some more Brock Purdy as well. Um, can head over here and uh, see my my Brock Purdy shares in, uh, in Best Ball Mania and see what kind of teams I've been drafting him on. Brock Purdy's ADP is going to be moving up here shortly, but man, yeah, I have not drafted enough Brock Purdy. Was that? No, that can't be. I, I need to update my CSV. There's no way that I have. Hang on. What did it say? I had taken him in here. Is that true? That, wait, was that my first Brock Purdy share in Best Ball Mania? That doesn't seem right. How is that right? Uh-oh. Holy cow. Is that true? I'm, I'm now triple checking across all of the exposures to make sure. Wow, that was my first Brock Purdy share. Holy cow. Um, I need to change that. I need to change that. How do I only have one share of Brock Purdy? Oh no. Drafted him on some puppy teams, a chow team. Uh-oh. All right, guys, my mission this week is to get more Brock Purdy, apparently. I need to get more Brock Purdy. Um, Nino, welcome to becoming a YouTube member. Uh, by the way, for when you guys become YouTube members, if you aren't in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, when you head in there, there is the FAQ that shows you how to um, sync your account. You basically sync your YouTube and Discord account, and then that will unlock the private Discord channel. Then you can get the, the draft alerts. And if you're a YouTube member, you don't need to do anything as far as the Best Ball After Dark series. Those will just now show up in your feed there. How many Lance shares? I don't I don't have much Lance either. 
I mean, I took Tannehill over Lance the other night. Let's see here on my... Uh, I have one best ball mania team. This is the other thing I like about the uh, the Fantasy Life Hub is you can click on the specific team. So this was a team... Let's see. Okay, so this is a George Kittle, Iuke uh, team that had Trey Lance. Three quarterback build, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, Trey Lance. Um... Fun team, though. Tony Pollard, Ramondre, Akers, A.J. Dillon, Jalen Warren. Back in the good old days where you could get Jalen Warren at 162. Cooper Cup, Christian Watson, Ayuk. This is how you get such high Evans exposure. You're taking him at pick 79. Ooh, I took Juju. What was I doing? Jonathan Mingo, Jane Reed, Terrace Marshall, George Kill, Hunter Henry. Um, so I do have one Trey Lance team. Um, easy shaming me with my uh, only, uh, what, now 1%. Brock Purdy. Um, all right. As I said, guys, over here in the next 15 minutes, uh, ADP chasing will be kicking off. They'll be going through the latest movements on uh, Underdog as far as ADP. Highly recommend checking that out. I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern for a splash play doubleheader with Spags. And I think that's it. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Make sure you guys are subscribed and gently tapping or caressing or whatever you guys are doing with the like button these days. Always enjoy hanging out with you here. Check out the Fantasy Life Best Ball Hub. Completely free. Go poke around and reveal that you only have 1% Brock Purdy um, as that bombshell revelation for me there. Um, someone remind me next time on stream I need to draft more Brock Purdy. Uh, fun drafts, though, this morning. Hope you guys all have a wonderful week. We will catch you guys uh, over at ADP Chasing at noon, and then I'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. for a Splash Play doubleheader versus Spags. We'll see you guys then. Peace.